Well, let me welcome onto the show Gareth Newham. He is the director at the Justice and Violence Prevention Program at the ISS. Gareth, good morning to you. Good morning and to everybody listening. Um, It's been a couple of days now that we have been watching the scenes of the looting and the violence and the destruction uh, take place. I imagine that with every passing day, there are new insights that are gained. Um, Somebody like yourself, what have you been watching with with interest and what what are some of the the, the analyses that, that you're bringing to the conversation? Thank you very much. Well, it started in quite a coordinated manner uh, last week, I think around Thursday night, we started to see trucks being burnt and pulled over to block roads, cars being burnt. And then there were reports of uh, deliberate uh, uh, incidents of arson and destruction against various properties. Uh, there were reports of people in four by fours of tires going around and setting tires on fire, just block roads and starting to set buildings on fire. This carried on through Friday, so that by Saturday we started to see um, in areas where some shops had started had been had been uh, burned that there was then this starting of looting. Over the following week, over the weekend and into this week, uh, this spread quite rapidly across parts of KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng. Uh, we picked up at least 80 different locations where there's been destruction of property and widespread looting and public violence. So uh, in about 75% of these locations, uh, in the, from the data we've been tracking um, since 2013, these areas are typically quite depressed, lots of people living in them, underserviced, uh, high levels of poverty, hunger, in, and, and unemployment, and poor community res- uh, police relations. So, and as a result, there have been frequent sporadic violent protests, there's been xenophobic attacks, vigilante attacks. Uh, intergroup conflict and generally high levels of violent crime in these areas. So they were the kind of areas one would expect to see a rapid spread of looting, um, as we've seen. So it was it was definitely started off with a coordinated attempt to try and cause destruction. Uh, it was publicly associated with those that said they wanted to free former President Jacob Zuma. Uh, but because of the high levels of unemployment, hunger and poverty in many of these areas, large groups of people then started to take advantage of the situation to try and loot and the police were thinly spread they were not able to predict or had the intelligent capacity to move in quickly enough to stop this from happening Um, and then as a result they weren't able to send sufficient Mm -hmm. resources to these places so it's become a very big public crisis in south africa it's now gaining international attention uh it's affecting people's willingness to invest in south africa and weakening our rand so it's really a, a big crisis facing the country. Gareth, I want us to look at the aspect of the organised nature of um, part of this violence that that we're witnessing, and it's interesting because when when we have conversations with some people that have been responsible for trying to organise crowds really for anything, they talk about how difficult it is to be able to mobilize groups, in particular such large groups of of people. How much energy and effort would have needed to go into being able to have the kind of organization that we have seen over the last week? Well, it's uh, from what we know from the security cluster, there are definitely people who have the resources and expertise in the security cluster to do this. 
So apparently yesterday it was mentioned that the police and their intelligence services are looking at people who were in the state security agencies who may have been in crime intelligence with the police or other aspects of the security cluster uh, uh, formally that are close to the former president and that they are the ones that are have started this whole thing. Um, it can take a long time to mobilize large crowds for a particular issue, um, but it's a different thing when it's uh, the kind of looting we've seen now. So, for example, when you have local criminal networks um, mm. that seize up, you only need a relatively small number of highly resourced, dedicated people go around and start the fires, start the protest, not the protest, this is not a protest, this is organized criminality. Um, it starts getting uh, property destroyed, encouraging looting in certain areas, but then other local networks or criminal networks will step in. So in each case of a looting scenario, most of the time there will be a small group, mostly males, who will then target shops, and then they'll break open the shop, or break, an op- or break open the mall, and others will then storm in and, and follow them. Um, so those are the initial instigators. It's not like organizing a protest. Mm. That's why this is not really a protest. Uh, the, other, the, the last time we've seen, or the only times we really see something like this is through large-scale xenophobic attacks. The, um, the last time we saw something of this scale was in 2008 when xenophobic attacks started in spread across Gauteng and other parts of the country. And there, it's, again, it's not because of legitimate protests. It's organized groups at a local level who see an immediate benefit for themselves, uh, financially often, to the attack groups or to loot. And it's much easier to mobilize people on that basis than it is, uh, for example, to draw attention to poor housing or a service delivery failure. Gareth, one of the things that we are seeing uh, is, you know, the the industries that are being targeted and and specifically, you know, the, the factories in Durban that are being set alight. Uh, you know, just in the past hour, we've been watching uh, these visuals of value logistics, you know, one of the factories or one of their depots. Um, it's up in flames. The trucks there uh, have been set alight. And one has to wonder what the targeting on of infrastructure like that has to do with any kind of protest, regardless of what, uh, if there is a protest, what that protest is about. How does the targeting of key infrastructure that feeds into the economy, um, what, what is the danger of that and, and what kind of situation could that lead us to? Danger is huge. It's going to cause the loss of tens of thousands of jobs, which means many tens of thousands of families are going to lose the little income they have. We're going to see spread in increasing hunger and poverty and employment. Um, it's going to take years to recover from this. So there's no public benefit to economic sabotage. Um, so what we have here, and one way, one way to understand that, is there's a relatively small group of people who have lost power these people are associated with the former president. Uh, there's a big reform initiative going on in the African National Congress. They feel like their backs are against the wall, and they believe that probably the only way that they can slow this down or stop this is through economic sabotage. Uh, hopefully they think this might lead to people be willing to negotiate with them to stop them doing this, um, and that would then allow them some space to continue enjoying the power that they, they used to have and the economic benefits of that power. Um, otherwise, they feel that they're going to lose the power they have, and many of them are associated with people who are probably going to find themselves in prison in the future if prosecutions follow the, the evidence be given before the Zondo Commission. 
So it's a political response, um, desperate political response, and we'll try and gain some traction and force negotiation from the government. Gareth, in the midst of this, there are expectations on our security forces to be able to prevent um, the violence, so to be able to prevent the criminality. Not much of that seems to be taking place. You know, have you had an opportunity to sit and really understand the 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 fractures within that the the, the criminal just from from the response perspective and why it is that we are seeing what of the end of it looks like a an inaction from the 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 security cluster or a, an incapacity to deal with this moment Yes, we've been tackling the uh, challenges facing the criminal justice system and the police in particular for a number of years. And I think that if it's true that the instigators are people in, who used to be in that system, then they'll be very aware of how weak the system is because they were instrumental in weakening the criminal justice system during former President Zuma's tenure. That weakening started, uh, the, the attack on the criminal justice system in order to weaken it, started very soon after Jacob Zuma was sworn in as president. Two months later, Richard Mbluli is currently a criminal in, in prison uh, for kidnapping and uh, assault charges and facing a raft of corruption charges, was appointed the head of crime intelligence in the South African Police Service. Mm. And uh, that's when it started. And the purpose of that was to weaken the system in order to prevent any kind of investigations or prosecutions of those involved in the mass looting of public resources that took place as part of the state capture project. It enabled Guptas to get illegal and unlawful procurement processes through the state-owned enterprises and many others with them to be able to really get their hands on billions and billions of rands that they would otherwise wouldn't have had if there wasn't a deliberate attempt to compromise intelligence. We saw that with the firing of people like Moshe, Gibson and Jane and others who tried to warn the president about the Guptas at the time. And then we saw a raft of police uh, appointments of people who were not police ex- experts who had no ex- experience or understanding of policing pointed as national commissioners who saw the capture of the National Prosecuting Authority. The whole value chain of the criminal justice system and its intelligence capacity was deliberately weakened in order to allow the grand theft of those uh, state resources. So those people know how weak it is and that's why they are now using that knowledge mm. uh, to spread violence across the country in different provinces knowing full well that the police have been weakened the ability of the police to deal with this has deteriorated consistently since 2012, and they'll be completely overwhelmed. So um, that's probably why, what has been happening. And unfortunately, while I mean, while there have been some initiatives to improve intelligence, we saw the high-level panel into the state security agency. There's a big project going now to try and fix the NPA. There hasn't been the same focus on the South African Police Service. Um, a report that took two years to develop from a multinational a uh, panel of experts on policing and crowd management was largely ignored for the last three years, and that really focused on how to strengthen public order policing and uh, policing overall. And uh, we have not seen those recommendations being given uh, much attention, and there's been no independent assessment of whether these recommendations have been implemented. Mm. Um, and there's been budget cuts. So the size of the public order capacity should be twice what it is now, according to earlier projections and plans. Um, and that is where we are at the moment. So I hope that this, once this is over, great attention is given to the president to fix police 
and speed up the reform of the criminal justice system. Gareth, one of the things that we are seeing uh, today, we're uh, seeing the likes of the police minister, Begikele, begin to use language such as uh, this being an attack on the state. You've spoken about this being economic sabotage. More often than not, we're hearing the word treason beginning um, to come up. Does that change the stakes at all? Well, I, I think it's more the recognition of the, the, the triggers that led to this. The reason why it's widespread is more to do with the persistent problems of inequality, poverty and hunger in South Africa. That's why there are so many people involved. But the fires that lit this are a very determined group of determined people who are trying to cause economic sabotage. Um, treason is more about trying to work with external influences to undermine the democratic state. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what evidence there is of that, although one could potentially argue that working to enable the Guptas, which were foreign nationals, to steal at least 60 billion rands of South African money and spur it over the seas might be considered treasonous. But um, I think those words are, are being used to demonstrate that the state is going to take the uh this issue very seriously and hopefully we'll throw the full might of its resources against those that are instigating this because it is going to cause so much more damage to people in south africa already suffering mm. incredibly based on the COVID uh pandemic that's weakened our economy so so just before i let you go gareth and and i'm trying to really uh tie together the different threats of what you've been saying do we have people that the people that are behind this as far as you um you know you see the situation are they trying to govern through the back door is that part of is that the kind of environment that has been created i think it's less about trying to govern and it's more trying to, about trying to disrupt mm. in order to prevent uh being held accountable for corruption and other criminal networks that they've been long involved in and it's also about trying to push the government uh, back up against the wall in order to try and create space in order to hopefully, in their minds, probably uh, lead to a political solution. Um, you really heard people saying, well, we should let Zuma out of prison because this will end the violence. It won't end the violence, but that was their t- intention. They're trying to push back against the attempt to try and improve the state and reform the ANC to minimize corruption. So I would say that's more of a way to understand what's going on. But of course, um, Hopefully, our intelligence services will get hold of these people mm. and will become much clearer in the future. All right. Gareth Newham, let me thank you so much for your time this morning, the director at the Justice and Violence Prevention Program of the ISS. It's 10.30 and Musa has your latest news headlines.